This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3448 for Wednesday, the 20th of October 2021. Today's show is entitled Installing Geeks. It is hosted by Rowan and is about 45 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is, Rowan Records installing Geeks to an external USB drive to be run on a Mac mini computer. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Welcome to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. Uh, today I am going to try to once again install the Geeks SD uh, onto my Mac Mini. Uh, actually, I'll be using the Mac Mini as the CPU and stuff, but I have an external hard drive, USB hard drive, Seagate link, that I will be uh, actually using for the hard drive and this will be a backup device hopefully um, it may also end up being a little bit of a media server we'll see uh, if using my uh, TV as the screen currently um, so so far this is my second attempt I actually well theoretically got it installed but I decided to use uh, the Luke's like full disk encryption and when I rebooted and tried to put in my password for the encrypted volume, I just kept getting errors and getting thrown into the grub uh, rescue uh, prompt. So I am now trying this again, um, going to just reinstall without that, and we'll worry about encryption later. So uh, once it boots up you uh, and you pick the install, um, it comes to a nice, if you know, very, if you're, you know, first introduction to some of the nice installers of the early 90s. Well, I guess not early 90s, mid to late 90s. Uh, you'll be very familiar with this. Kind of reminds me of my old uh, Debian installations. Um, you get a nice, I guess it's a Windows-based, but uh, like, you know. In cursor style, kind of uh, cursor style uh, menu selection. So right now I'm on the uh, I am on the select your language, which for me at the default to English. Um, so I'm going to pick English, uh, and I scroll down to America. Hit enter, time zone, uh, let's see, I've got a whole bunch there in alphabetical order. So I will look for New York, so that puts it in the right one for me. New York. Uh, now I can pick the keyboard layout, which 
using the English US, but they do have uh, bunches. I think you'll be able to find the keyboard layout and language and time zone uh, that you are currently using and living in. Um, please choose a variant of your keyboard. Uh, just one. You just please enter a system host name. Oh, right. What was I going to call this? I guess I had something related, but I can't remember what I was going to call it. I just I guess try it back up. B A C K U P. Uh, yep, that'll do. Enter. Did that not work? Turn the host name. Okay, alright. No Ethernet service available. Please try again. Why did I not? Oh, where's my Ethernet? It should be hardwired. I don't think the drive, Geeks is going to have the drivers for the Wi Fi uh, for a Mac Mini. Um, not sure why. What is going on? Let me. Well, the connections are there. Uh, try again. Hit enter. Waiting for take. Oh, waiting for internet. Okay. Yep. I must have just had I, the cable doesn't the clip. Oh wait. Selecting network does not provide access to the internet. Please try. What is going on? I see. Waiting for tech wired, waiting for internet access establishment. Ah. Alright, I don't know what's going on. Please choose one of the following. Ah. Why do I not have an internet? You allow. Okay, I'm not sure what was going on with the cables, but a couple of uh, pushing them in and out and finally connected. I probably should get a better cable. Uh, by turning on, let's see, substitute server discovery. By turning this option on, you allow geeks to fetch substitutes, pre-build binaries during installation from servers discovered on your local area network, in addition to the official server. This can increase download throughput. There are no security risks, only genuine substitutes. Uh, sure, I'll enable it, although there's nothing going to be on my network. Uh, please choose a password for the system administrator. Okay. Um, 
I did actually already have this selected, so I will edit out the boring parts once I actually get these typed in. Okay, so first they they do uh, require a root password, uh, which I put in. That is nice. They do let you uh, select a box so you can see it. Um, I one of the things I ran into with the Mac Mini was, um, of course, they has a Bluetooth keyboard and um, mouse, which of course you know, geeks doesn't recognize. So I went and I bought a handy dandy little RII Mini X1 uh, mini keyboard. It's like, I guess, the size of a sort of a full-size TV remote, um, but it has, it's a QWERTY keyboard. It's got a trackpad on it. It's got like a little uh, mouse's buttons for left and right mouse click and everything. Um, but the advantage to it is you could use it either as a USB directly or it actually has a USB um, uh, Bluetooth connection itself. So you plug the USB, you know, dongle into the back of the Mac Mini, and then you can use the keyboard remotely, which is nice. Um, and it's nice and small, so I can tuck it away under the TV with the Mac Mini. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I was able to, using the keyboard, verify the passwords, and they do make you verify it. Now I have to add a regular user. Uh, and do the password thing. So I will be right back after I put a standard user and standard user password in. Okay, after adding my standard user, I'm now at uh, a new screen that lets you pick um, the desktop environment. They do have several here. Uh, GNOME, XFCE, Mate, Enlightenment, Openbox, Awesome, i3, Rat Poison, Ebax, EXWM. Um, I think I'm going to go with XFCE uh, just because I'm trying to minimize the requirements because I don't know like you know, the drivers for the uh, graphics chip on the Mac Mini. I'm not sure what's you know, how how much of the graphics driver I'm going to be able to use. Uh, and I, I do like the look of XFCE, and it does run nice on, you know, either restricted environment, you know, devices or devices that aren't, you know, cranking out things on the GPU. So let's go with that. networking services to run on your system. Uh, they do have choices for OpenSSH, uh, Tor, and they default with Mozilla NSS certificates for HTTPS access. I'll leave that and I'll probably and I'll add an SSH server. Uh, ah, oops. Well, somehow, how do I go back? 
Well, I'll have to add the SSH server. I got confused and I thought I was selecting uh, the server, but somehow went to the next screen, which is partitioning. I'm just going to pick guided using the entire disk. Last time I did guided using the entire disk with encryption, but that's where I ran into issues. So I'm just going to pick guided using the entire disk this time and get things working, hopefully. Uh, oh. Uh, and I don't see my disk. Uh, external disk. Why don't I see my external disk? not plugged in. I thought it was still plugged in. It's still plugged in. Oh, is it because it got... I see the original Apple 500 gigabyte, which I don't want to do anything with. Uh, I see my SanDisk Ultra 30 gigabit. But that's because and that's what the installer's on. I just don't see... Uh. Okay, well, that's nothing simple. Uh, I don't know why. Unless, for some reason, it's... I don't know why I didn't see the other disc. All right, well, let me stick that external on my laptop and see what's going on and then see if I can get this thing working again. I'll be back. Okay, so I uh, stuck the external drive on my laptop and it popped up and asked me for the encrypted password and I put it in and then I could see all the installed files from before. So, yeah, so that is an issue with the install dollar or maybe whatever is accepting the password when I type it in. For whatever reason, it would not like and grub unencrypt the uh, hard drive and then continue the boot process. Uh, so I did uh, just reformat it to the external drive to ext4 and I've rebooted and now I will go through all the steps of uh, that includes putting in the password. That's fun on this keyboard. But anyway, uh, I will be back once I get up to um, the uh, format the hard drive side, and we'll see how things are. Okay, so I'm now back actually at the point where I can select a interface. Hopefully I can do that right this time. Yes, okay, now I'm gonna get uh, interface as in desktop. Uh, so I've now selected uh, XFCE. Okay, let me see if I can get OpenSSS, SSH installed. Okay. All right, now guided using the entire disk. Now let's see if the disks 
shows up. I used to... Oh, what is going on? Why is it not... I don't understand. It's not... <laughs> not working yet. Oh, I really don't want to do this again. All right, well, I guess hopefully third time will be a charm. I'm going to not format it, but just completely erase this disk. I don't know what's going on and why it's not. I know it was definitely found before, so I don't know why... It doesn't like it this time around. Um, it's very frustrating, but uh, let me try again. Okay, so I threw the external drive back onto my laptop, uh, and I used a parted to just wipe both the boot partition and the main partition, so there was just an empty drive with no partitions. I then stuck it back in uh, to the Mac Mini, and uh, somehow, <laughs> like, I, you basically can exit out, and it gets to a point where it then lets you re, um, like, gives you options to re, like, where you want to start on the installation again. And I went back to partitioning, and when it came back, it had, I guess, recognized uh, my Seagate backup drive. Uh, so now I see it, and I will be able to install onto it. So I'm very happy. I didn't have to go through the whole like process again, particularly putting in uh, passwords multiple times for the root user and the regular user. So let's see. Oops. Uh, that's my laptop and not the key right keyboard. Let's see. So let's go down to Seagate. 802 gigabytes. I think that's an 8 terabyte drive. Uh, exit. Nope. Enter. Okay. Everything is in one partition separate. Oh, this is what I wasn't sure about before. Do I want a separate home? And I gotta, I'm just going to do everything as one. Um, Seagate, FAT32 boot, Linux swap, sure that looks great, oops, a little too far, so this part is asking you like what you want your divisions to be, so I've got, there'll be three partitions, the first will be a 576 megabyte FAT32 for the boot partition, uh, the second is the Linux swap. It looks like it's 4 gig. And then almost 8 terabytes. Terabytes, yes. Of uh, EXT4 uh, single root partition. Okay, well, now you get the format disk. We are about to write the configuration table to disk and format the partitions listed below. Their data will be lost. You wish to continue. Continue. Partition formatted is in progress. Please wait. 
Okay, I guess I can uh, pause again. Although I guess I could just let it go until I don't think it took that long. Um, oh, it didn't. Okay, we're back. All right, so now we are now ready to proceed with the installation. A system configuration file has been generated. It is displayed below. This file will be available as etsyconfig.scm on the installed system. The new system will be created from this file once you press once you've pressed OK. This will take a few minutes. Um, so with Geeks, everything is basically comes down to a configuration file. Um, so this is the main configuration file for this that will be used for this system. So the configuration file contains uh, basically a, a list of everything you've selected. Um, you have use service modules, desktop, networking, SSH, Xorg, and then under the operating system, the locale is enus.utf8 time zone, America, New York, keyboard layout, keyboard layout US, we have host name, backup, uh, user, uh, which is user account, name, Rowan, comment, Rowan as in my first name, full name, uh, groups, under default of users, the home directory, home Rowan, supplementary groups that are defaulted in are wheel, netdev, audio, video, uh, and then there's a looks like a variable for base user accounts. I'm not sure how what all this means. Uh, and then there's a packages. This is a pinned, and then list uh, specification which points to packages NSS-certs. And then we have services, append, list, service, XFC, desktop service type. We have service, OpenSSH service type, set org configuration, XORG configuration, keyboard layout, keyboard layout. I guess that was setting up uh, the actual packages from the uh, modules that were imported before. And then we have bootloader, bootloader configuration, bootloader grub, EF bootloader, and then target, slash boot, slash EFI, and then keyboard layout, keyboard layout. And I think that pretty much covers it. Let's see. Uh, scroll down on the screen a little bit. Uh, oh, well, okay, it keeps going. <laughs> I was going to say that seems no, not too far. Okay, then we have swap devices, uh, and then file systems, mount point, uh, which is for the boot EFI, because that's for the boot partition, and then file system mount point for root, and it gives a list of the device and the file system type. And that seems to cover the configuration file. Yep, all right, so now let's on to the next screen. Oops, I did not want to edit. Ah. Well, apparently, Nano is the default editor. Um, oh, let me see if I can control uh, exit. Uh, wait, is that control? Yeah, I think that's control. X. Control X. Oops, press enter to continue. Okay, now let me see if I can get to the right tab. Okay. Enter. Okay. All right, so now we're back to sort of like not the shell. Um, um, more like uh, standard out or something. 
And now we're getting Shepherd Service Goex Demon has started. Substitute updating substitutes. That's uh, so basically scrolling down. It seems like the system is starting up. Um, oh no, it looks like download. Okay, so I guess they're actually updating the system and downloading newer packages to be installed, is what it looks like. Um, I'm guessing this might take a little bit of time. Um, so I will be back once it's done updating. Okay, so that was a bigger pause than I figured. Uh, it is now like September 11th, so August 31st was the last time I got back to this project. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I had just left the Mac Mini running. Um, apparently, we had a power flicker at some point, and it went off. So now I'm going to see if I can get back to a state uh, after playing around. Um, I do see the uh, boot disk um, on my USB stick again. I have to say, the Mac Mini, at least this model, to get to the, you know, select a different disk option for booting, all you have to do is hold down the Alt key on your keyboard as it boots up. That is so nice. And it just pops up, nice graphical, you know, the Macintosh, uh, what are they, orthomatic, however it's called, uh, icons, and it's called EFE boot, EFI boot, I mean, and then you just hit you know, select it with your arrow keys and then hit enter, and it boots, and now I'm back to the grub, you know, GUIC startup. So I'm assuming I'm going to. I'm hoping it's going to find the disk again. It's still booting up back into the uh, installer. Uh, well, and then again, no, I'm getting some kind of error. Well, no, it's still booting. Something's booting. I'm not sure. So we'll see if I can get back to where I was or if <laughs> I'm going to have to start this process all over again. I now have a blank screen. Oh, no, no. Oh, there we are. Okay, so now we're back at the very beginning. So now let me see if I can uh, pick. Figure uh, proxy. Re oh, boy. Well, <laughs> it looks like I may be going through the boot pro or the whole, uh, yeah the whole install process again. Um, that's <laughs> painful, but not too painful. Anyway, let me flip through some of these things and see if I can get back to that uh, configure page for the, the install uh, configure um, that Geeks SD uses uh, for the system. And then I'll uh, continue. All right, so I did have to go through the whole reinstall process again, which uh, meant putting in root and new user password again. But anyway, I then got back to the point where I was going to repartition the disk, 
and it wasn't showing the Seagate uh, external drive wasn't showing up again. So you can at this point where it's asking you to select a disk, go to exit. That will take you back to the screen that lets you decide you know, where you want to restart um, uh, your installation from. So it has the different sections like pick a keyboard and um, add users and all that stuff. I, so if you then, I unplugged the USB drive and plugged it back in, and then I went back to partitioning, and it is now showing up again. I'm not sure why it didn't show up on boot, other than, I guess, because the install wasn't completed. Um, I'm not really sure. But anyway, so now I am back to the point where I can do the formatting of the disk. So I'll run through all that stuff, do the install, and then I'll pick back up. Um, after that point. Okay, so now uh, we looks like I just finished installing again. Uh, Geek System bootloader successfully installed on slash boot slash EFI. Press enter to continue. So let's see, let's hit enter. Uh, some demons are stopping. Demons are starting. The geek stash demon, to be precise, or demon. Um, and now <laughs> I'm sitting and wait, seeing what's happening. I can't hear the hard disk clicking away. And so one thing I noticed when it was installing, it is, I mean, it's not super loud, but it is noticeable in a quiet room. Uh, but I think I can live with that. Hopefully everybody else will be able to also. All right, still waiting <laughs> to see what's going to happen. I think we went through this before. It's been so long, I can't remember. Um, I guess I will hit pause and come back uh, when I get to another screen. Okay, after about another 30 seconds or so, I now have installation complete. Congratulations, installation is now complete. You may remove the device containing the installation image and press the button to reboot. So let me remove that thumb drive. And the moment of magic. Let's hit enter. All right, looks like it's shutting down. And it is rebooting, the magical Mac sound for rebooting, and right here the disk drive, and we're at Grub Rescue. Uh, something tells me that maybe it's not the encryption disk, <laughs> maybe it just can't find the boot disk because it maybe doesn't have drivers to load the USB external at this point. Uh, that is very unhandy. I keep hearing it dinking away though, so I'm not sure what's going. Attempt to read a write outside of disk here. Grub Rescue. So it does boot to Grub. So 
That means it feels like it's Okay, maybe I've set myself up for failure. Let me type ls in the group rep, grub rescue, enter. I see. Two disks, an HD0 and an HD1, which would make me think that's the hard disks. Because um, it had two partitions on it. Each of those have GPT3, GPT2, GPT1, GPT3, GPT2. So they each have three partitions on them. I know if I... Alright, let me reboot and... Um... Hey, that's frustrating. Let's see. Reboot and hit halt. Just make sure it's actually seeing the external drive. I mean, I'm assuming it is because it's got to grub. Don't know why it's not then. Uh, come on. Now, well, that's annoying. So it's not, this external drive is not showing up as like an EFE drive. I just see the Macintosh HD in the recovery for 10.13.6. So maybe, <laughs> so I guess maybe Grub got installed to the main HD, which I guess would make sense. And this disk isn't being recognized. At boot, I don't know if there's some way, if there's uh, something else I have to do. I mean, I guess one way around it would be to have like a small USB disk that then boots and then... All right, well... <laughs> I don't know if that's the symbol for... Or the sign that I, I need to give up in this particular configuration and maybe just back up the Macintosh hard drives. Or partitions. Well, HT0. Now let me play around a little bit um, if I uh, find something. Well, let's see what happens when we hit enter on the Macintosh HD. Oh, nope, I'm booting into Apple just like it said. All right. That was painful. Um, all right. I guess I can, once I boot into the Mac, I can get in and see what the hard disk selector says. Maybe I can reboot. Let me pause uh, for a bit once this is booting up, and let me get to that, and we'll come back.
Okay. Well, I mean, the Mac booted. Of course, I looked at the startup disk. Well, why? I thought I, I didn't check the. I guess that was stupid, but it's the XT4, so it's not going to recognize it anyway. Uh, so, anyway, I just shut down the Mac uh, and then pulled the external disk, the USB connection off the Mac Mini, and put it on my um, Linux laptop. And, of course, it just shows right up in uh, the file viewer. Uh, you know, connected is a USB 8 terabyte volume, 3.6 gigabytes used. Um, if I look at the root of it, it's got like, you know, a bin, a boot directory, Etsy, GNU, which I'm assuming is the, the store for geeks. Yep. I mean, yep. So <laughs> it's installed correctly. So my guess is actually the first time I did this, it probably installed correctly. And I can test that. I may have even tested that. <sighs> oh, that's painful. So. Oh, yeah, I did test that, but I was thinking that it wasn't loading the encrypted thing correctly. But for, so, for whatever reason, when the Mac is booting, it's not seeing this as a, a viable disk. Uh, so, I'm not sure why. I'll have to look into that and hopefully not reinstall this just figure out some way to modify the disk to say and I'm going to look at this in parted and see what uh, parted gives me okay um, so actually I did a, a DF on it at first and you know it is showing up as slash dev slash sdc3 I do have other two other hard drives on my laptop, so that makes sense. I unmounted it, and I'm now looking at um, just the dev directory, and I see, you know, dev SDA, SD, SDA, SDB. I see the SDC driver with the three partitions, you know, three devices, SDC1, SDC2, SDC3. So let me run parted on dev SDC. partitions, just like it said, a 576-megabyte FAT32 boot that has a boot flag on it, uh, 4-gigabyte um, Linux swap, and then the main partition, which is, you know, almost 8 terabytes. So I don't, uh, I have to look into this a little bit more. I mean, it looks like it's set up right. It's got a boot flag. It's a FAT32. It should be recognizable. So 
I'm not sure if there's something what's why it's not being recognized at boot up. Alright, let me look into this and I'll see if I can figure something out. So I've now booted back into the Mac just to see what it's seeing. It is showing the external disk, but it's only showing the Linux swap one. I mean, it's saying it doesn't know, you know, anything about it other than its size. Uh, but it's not showing any of the other two partitions on it. And I don't know why it wouldn't at least show the first one because it's it's a boot, you know, it's a FAT32 partition. I mean, I would think it would be able to at least see that. But anyway, let me do a little more research and see if I can figure something else out. Although I have the feeling there is going to be a uh, <laughs> another reinstallation in my future. Okay, so if I'm looking at the dev directory um, on the Mac, I do see a disk zero and a disk one. Disk zero, I'm assuming, is the Mac one. Disk one seems to be, according to you know what I found in the disk utility, as in find seeing the swap for whatever reason, disk one S2, and I do see a disk one, a disk one S1, a disk one S2, and a disk one S3. <sighs> okay, so that gives me some hope. Let me see if I can actually somehow mount disk one S1 and see what's on it. Okay, uh, I guess Google's, well, searching is your friend. Uh, and apple.stackexchange.com is also your friend. Um, I didn't even think about the fact that there's the command line disk util on the Mac. So disk util space list. And that does show up both disks. And it's, you know, actually very nice with all the information. It's dev disk one external physical. Uh, you know, the giving me information, you know, the GUID partition scheme under the type, size, eight terabytes, disk one. So that's, you know, pretty much guarantees that's the right disk. And I can see for partition one, it says EFI, no name, and it's 575.7 megabytes. Uh, Part two, Linux swap. Part three, Linux file system. Okay. So maybe that is the second disk when I do that boot. That's three partitions. So let me try that again. And maybe we are down to needing to get some kind of driver in. Uh, I don't know. Let me see. It's also starting to get noisy in the house uh, as the morning goes on, so it may be harder to record. Okay, well, it has been another month since I last worked on this project. Uh, I ran into some issues with my operating system on my laptop and had to reinstall another story for 
hopefully a very short another time on Hacker Public Radio. Uh, but anyway, I come to the conclusion at this point, uh, this is just beyond my current technical skills, if it is possible uh, to set up a Mac Mini running geeks off of an external USB hard drive. Um, I think I am just going to make an image of the Mac Mini hard drive so that I can restore it uh, with the Mac operating system at some point in the future if I need to or want to. And I am then just going to see if I can get Geeks installed directly onto the Mac Mini drive and see if that solves uh, my installation issues. Uh, but thank you for your persistence and patience up to this point. I'm not going to uh, avail you of that story yet. I will uh, try to wrap this up now. So I think overall, I, I like the Geeks installer. Um, yes, it's, it's a little old school in its uh, looks, but it flows nicely. Uh, gives you good options, you know, to for all your various languages, um, keyboard setups, uh, options for installing software. Um, walks you through nicely, explains things nicely of what it's doing on each step. And, you know, you can get back and go through different steps um, if, you know, within the install process if you need to. So overall, I think it's a great installer. Um, looking forward to actually getting it installed on a machine that I'm going to use, uh, hopefully, on a regular basis. I do currently have Geeks installed on a VM. Uh, I have messed with it a little bit, but not too much. And so with that, I will say thank you, and uh, please stay tuned for more adventures with Hacker Public Radio. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.